Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we welcome back Christina Hess. We were not designed genetically at our blueprint, at our core, to have this carbohydrate-laden, like on top of lots of fat, highly palatable, you know, with the vegetable oils, with the salt, all that stuff all put together in a soup that just contributes to massive amounts of inflammation. And, you know, we've talked about this before, Ben, if we just went back to basics and ate real food, then we probably wouldn't develop insulin resistance in the first place. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, host of the Keto Camp Podcast. You can learn more about me over at benazadi.com. We welcome back an awesome, incredible health coach, licensed dietitian, nutritionist, Christina Hess. She was on the Keto Camp Podcast a couple years ago, episode 104, where she shared her story about vegan CrossFit mom story and what got her into the space of discovering the amazing healing properties of ketones. On today's episode, we're going to dive deep into insulin resistance. How long does it typically take to get diagnosed with insulin resistance? What if you could be proactive and not reactive and take care of this now? Like Einstein said, intellectuals solve problems, geniuses prevent them. Christina is a genius, and she's going to share with you how you could become a genius as well. We'll get into checking glucose and ketones, why she believes it's very important, her favorite ways to test, optimal numbers to look for. We get into the conversation on cow dairy on the ketogenic diet, yay or nay. What about mental clarity? What about depression and ketones? How does keto and ketones impact mental health? We'll get into that. We discuss magnesium deficiencies, why that's so common, and how to supplement with magnesium. I also asked her the question about the APOE4 gene and keto. Some of you might have that gene, and you might be worried if you could do keto with that gene or not. She gets into nutrigenomics, uh, gene testing, genetic SNPs, MTHFR, and other genetic components to really customize your approach with keto, carnivore, and fasting. She also shared, by the way, a magnificent tip regarding L-carnitine, a genetic SNP, and those who struggle to produce ketones. That tip 
was now added to my arsenal, and you're going to love that tip. So stay tuned for that. Can't wait to bring her on. She's also going to speak about a brand new event called the Keto Symposium taking place on Saturday, September 25th. It's a virtual event. She's offering it for free. We're going to dive deep into that. I'm going to be a speaker there. So are other incredible speakers like Dr. Ryan Lowry, Mike Mutzel. We have Jimmy Moore emceeing the event. We have Dom Diagostino and several other incredible leaders in the keto and fasting space. So we'll get into that event, why she decided to run that event, and how you could get your ticket for that event, which, by the way, you could find the link for that in the notes of this podcast. Before I bring her on, I want to thank you. We recently passed one million downloads on the Keto Camp podcast, and that is quite the accomplishment. We couldn't have done it without you, your sharing of the podcast, you listening to the podcast, the ratings, the reviews. Thank you so much. Our mission here at Keto Camp is to educate and to inspire 1 billion people on planet Earth. And just because you're listening, you're a big part of that mission. So a heartfelt thank you for helping us hit a million downloads. Cheers to 5 million, 10 million, 100 million. Let's keep getting the word out there. And you could help mostly by leaving the show a rating and review. Speaking of which, I want to get to the Apple Podcast rating and review of the day. This is a five-star review from Egyptian American Girl. My favorite keto podcast. I'm new to keto. I started a week ago and have been listening to a few different podcasts on the keto diet to learn more. I found the Keto Camp podcast to be the most informative and to-the-point podcast. Ben is very enthusiastic and does not waste too much time promoting products like other podcasts. I'd like to learn more about how we can prepare veggies so that they do not block the absorption of other nutrients. Also, if you could make a list of foods that should not be mixed together to achieve the most efficient nutrient absorption. Thank you so much, Ben. Egyptian American girl, thank you so much. I can tell you this right off the bat. Cooking your vegetables, steaming them, sauteing them, breaks down a lot of the anti-nutrients, and then also using a pressure cooker for other foods that have lectins could be a game changer as well. But I'll take note of your comment and suggestion, and we'll do some more episodes about that. So thank you for leaving that rating and review. If you have not left the show a rating and review, please do so. It really does help the show grow and impact more lives. I also have a special announcement. Earlier this year, in May 2021, I hosted a seven-day keto challenge. It was called a Keto Kickstart Challenge. For seven days, we dove deep into keto fasting, keto flexing, all things inflammation and ancient healing strategies. It was a super success. Thousands of you signed up for it. And we decided, me and the Keto Camp team, to do this challenge again. So we have an upcoming Brand new seven-day Keto Kickstart Challenge starting on September 7th, and it's going to run until September 14th. We are going to be giving away thousands of dollars worth in supplements and products. I'm giving away a year subscription to my Keto Camp Academy membership, which is about $2,000 just for joining this seven-day Keto Challenge. A couple of speakers that are officially Booked for this seven-day challenge is Dr. Mindy Peltz and Dr. Ben Bickman, and we have some other special guests as well, including myself. How it works is for seven days, I'm going to be teaching 
a live stream masterclass on a specific topic, or I'm going to be interviewing a guest. We're going to give you homework assignments, action steps to take, and we're going to hold each other accountable for seven days. Who's this for? It's perfect for somebody who's new to keto or you have been doing keto and fell off the bandwagon and have to get back on, or if you've been doing keto for several years and want to take your study and your results to another level. You're going to learn so much. The best part about this, the seven-day keto kickstart challenge is completely free, 100% free. If you head to www.ketocampchallenge.com, you could sign up for free today. Remember, camp is spelled with a K, www.ketocampchallenge.com. Learn about it, get signed up, share it with all your friends, and I cannot wait to see you on September 7th. I will also drop a link for that in the podcast notes, so you can just click that and get signed up. There's also going to be options if you want to upgrade your membership. Did you know there's actually beverages that can supercharge your fasting results? My favorite, which is a keto powerhouse, is apple cider vinegar. There's a ton of research showing apple cider vinegar has been beneficial for boosting your metabolism, suppressing appetite, reducing fat storage. That's because apple cider vinegar contains acetic acid, which is a short-chain fatty acid that's been shown to promote weight loss in those ways. Also, apple cider vinegar is one of the best ways to balance your blood sugars. A study showed apple cider vinegar improved insulin sensitivity after high-carb meals up to 34%. We also know that apple cider vinegar stimulates digestion, acts as a bile stimulant to help break down the fat you're eating on keto. Another research study showed apple cider vinegar protects against mineral depletion. If you're like me, you probably don't like the taste of apple cider vinegar. I think it tastes disgusting. That's why my go-to is Paleo Valley's Apple Cider Vinegar Complex. This is an organic blend of apple cider vinegar and four more gut and health supportive superfoods. I take this before my meals, I take it before coffee, and this enhances my fast and my blood sugar regulation. You'll find it contains organic apple cider vinegar, organic turmeric, organic ginger, organic Ceylon cinnamon, and organic lemon. Since you are a listener of the Keto Camp podcast, we worked out an exclusive discount code for you to get the apple cider vinegar complex capsules and all of the products over at Paleo Valley. All you need to do is head to paleovalley.com and use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order. By the way, they got delicious beef sticks and an awesome organ meat complex. Go check them out. Paleovalley.com. That is KetoCamp15 at checkout. We'll also drop a link down below in the show notes. Okay, let's dive deep into a fun conversation with the incredible Christina Hess. Christina is a premier health coach and licensed dietitian and nutritionist who works with clients to support them in making lifestyle changes that produce real and lasting results. Christina has a master's degree in clinical nutrition and integrative health from MUIH, Maryland University for Integrative Health, and several certifications in areas ranging from mindful eating, heart math, to Ericksonian hypnosis, to sports nutrition. She's got a lot of certifications. She's amazing. Christina received her health coaching certifications from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And let's bring her back to the show. Christina Hess, welcome back to the Keto Camp Podcast. Thanks. It's great to be here, Ben. 
Great to be back with you. I just love you as a human being and I, I love the work that you're doing and you have an incredible keto symposium coming up in September that we're going to talk about. It's 100% virtual. You were on the show uh, several episodes ago. We're past the 300 mark and you were back episode 104. And uh, for those listening, if you didn't listen to the episode, we'll, we'll link it down below. Christina talked about her backstory regarding her mom, CrossFit, veganism, how she discovered keto. We're going to get into some advanced keto strategies, talk about genetics, talk about different areas of keto on today's episode. So here's where I want to start with you. I want to talk about insulin resistance. As you know, it's so rampant, not just in the United States, but all across the world. It's estimated that about 88% of Americans are metabolically inflexible. So what are your thoughts on insulin resistance? How long does it typically take before the average person is, is diagnosed with it? What are some of the complications that insulin resistance could lead to? And then we'll get into how we could use keto and fasting as some of the solutions. So it can take 15 to 20 years to develop insulin resistance. But we see that in the United States, right, we have our wonderful standard American diet, which is really a free-for-all. And if you look at a kid's menu, mac and cheese, the chicken nuggets, the pizza, and it's just, it's rampant. And I can't even tell you when I start working with clients or parents and they don't want to, oh, I can't possibly take things away from my kids. And I, you know, my yes. argument is it's not good for you. It's definitely not good for them. And this is both, this is where it starts. It has to start with parents being the gatekeepers for kids because yeah, they do start really, you know, metabolically flexible and they can kind of get away with this stuff. But, um, how do you have that conversation with them? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty direct. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it, we, we start slowly, you know, just let's do some swaps. Okay. You want to buy chips? Let there's some, there's some good brands, like let's say, uh, Siete chips, which are cleaner ingredients. Um, it's not about not having any treats in the house, but where can we make those swaps? Let's buy, let's buy chocolate sweetened with monk fruit and let's, you know, let's try like rebel ice cream in the freezer instead of, you know, just all this sugar, just sugar, sugar, sugar all the time. I love that simple swap. So, so yeah, rebel instead of Hagen Dazs, instead of the sugar laden ice creams out there, lesser evil or siete instead of the standard chips that have not just carbohydrates that are processed, but the vegetable oil. So making those simple swaps. And then in the topic of insulin resistance, we're not designed to develop insulin resistance. We're built very strong. So there's something going on with our environment, of course. What are, let's say, one or two of the most common contributing factors that lead to insulin resistance? Well, we know we know it's a it's a lifestyle issue, but one of my passions is nutrigenomics, which is the study of the genes that you know you would look at through a nutritional lens and there are a lot of genetic factors you know we we were hunter gatherers and the genes don't evolve you know rapidly over time and yeah we've been here for millions of years the the genes don't change fast there are a lot of adaptations but they're slow 
they're slow and they are adaptations and mutations. So really, uh, we were not designed genetically at our blueprint, at our core, to have this carbohydrate-laden, like on top of lots of fat, highly palatable, you know, with the vegetable oils, with the salt, all that stuff all put together in a soup that just contributes to massive amounts of inflammation. And we know we've talked about this before, Ben, if we just went back to basics and ate real food, then we probably wouldn't develop insulin resistance in the first place. And it's, it's a lot of the processed food that is uh, speeding our way to that. And like my analogy with my clients is you're like a hybrid car, you're like a Prius. So if you're going to be on the sugar track, you really do have to dial down your fat, like a lot of it. And if you're going to be on the fat track, you can't have the sugar. And to do both is so inflammatory. It just causes all these problems. And you add on top of that, the eating every two to three hours, not just for kids, but adults, they get these these habits that are now adopted and it's every two to three hours. And of course, if you're eating all these carbohydrates that are highly processed, you'll get that high glucose spike, it'll drop and the brain will panic to get more glucose into the brain, into the body. So you want to get more carbohydrates. So it's the frequency and also the quality of food. So that's one problem right there. So that's where kind of ketosis and intermittent fasting come into play. So if somebody is a pure sugar burner, they're listening right now as an adult, and they're on that track of this carbohydrates, frequent eating, what's the first step for them? First step uh, is, you, you know, Dr. Peter Atia is, right? Of course. So, you know, he talks about his three levers, and there's really three levers that we can all pull when we're trying to get well, and we're trying to... Uh, heal the body, lose weight, just eat better, be healthier. And the first is time restriction. So you talk about uh, intermittent fasting every single day. And so time restriction is lever number one. How often you're eating, when are you eating? And we really want to stop eating earlier in the day new information is coming out that it's not even three hours before bed, it's now six hours before bed is ideal. And who is stopping eating by, you know, four or 5 p.m.? Not many of us. So that would be a good strategy to healing your insulin resistance is using that time restriction lever and closing up your window and stopping earlier in the day because it's going to make you more insulin sensitive. And then lever number two is caloric restriction, especially if you are trying to lose weight. And if you're going to eat garbage, you know, that philosophy is eat less of it. And then lever number three is dietary restriction. So if you're going to pick any protocol, whether it's keto or paleo or gluten-free, you're taking something out of the diet. And this is where nutrigenomics comes in very handy because everybody is a little bit different. And 
Some of us can tolerate really fatty meats. Some people can't. Some people can tolerate dairy. Some people can't. Some people can do the carnivore thing. Some people like absolutely should be having vegetables. It's very personalized what your dietary restriction should be. But if you are doing a dietary restriction, that is a huge improvement on standard American diet. And if you really want results, what Dr. Atia says is, pull one lever, pull on two, pull on all three, get you good momentum, but never pull none. Mm, I love that. Yeah, powerful. So intermittent fasting, aka time-restricted feeding, reducing your calorie intake, but that's different. Reducing your caloric intake with fasting is different than small portion control meals throughout the day and reducing your caloric intake. That's an important message to be heard there. And then third is some sort of restriction, whether it's gluten or, or what about dairy? I know that we were talking offline and I mentioned dairy. What are your thoughts on uh, on cow dairy specifically? So about 76% of the world population does not have the genetic adaptation for LCT, which is uh, lactose digestion. And uh, cow, cow dairy is pretty inflammatory to most human beings who are not really designed to consume another species milk for long term. I think that people can sort of self-quantify whether if they have skin issues, whether they get extra flatulence, whether they get headaches, whether they're just not getting results with their with their weight goals. Um, th- those are some easy low-hanging fruit things to assess whether they feel good on dairy or don't. The problem is that, at least for me, because I, I really probably shouldn't have dairy, <laughs> but, but having some keeps me on plan. And I choose to stay on plan rather than go for more variety because it, it is helpful in terms of making your food a little more palatable and interesting over the long term. So as long as you're not having crazy symptoms or brain fog or, you know, you're really just totally stalled out, you might want to experiment with removing that dairy. See how you... Yeah, I love that tip. I, I recommend something similar. The first 30 days as I, I'm getting somebody fat adapted, I'll tell them to remove cow dairy. I'll tell them to switch to sheep and goat dairy, which which I believe is much more digestible. What are your thoughts on sheep and uh, goat? Oh, yeah, I love it. I love it. A little feta and a salad. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> So that's important. So there you go. If you're listening and you're just not getting the results you want, you might want to consider removing cow dairy for maybe 30 days and switching it with sheep and goat dairy. Uh, And then on the topic of insulin resistance, if you don't take care of it, it'll lead to type 2 diabetes and just a whole host of other conditions. And um, type 2 diabetes leads to the degeneration of that disease, which leads to other things like strokes and amputations, et cetera. So why not be proactive right now? instead of being reactive. So when you're taking somebody and taking a patient through this fat adaptation, getting them to be a fat burner instead of a sugar burner, getting them healthy, how important is it for you to, to have them test their glucose values and their ketone values? And what do you use to test for that? It is so important to test. I believe in quantification all the way. For anyone out there listening who does have a very high A1C, 
I want you to know that you can really turn that boat around in a very short amount of time. I've had more than one person. And recently, the most recent was a 7.2 A1C that is now a 5.6 after three months. Three. Amazing. Yeah, it's totally doable. So anyone who's listening who is uh, extremely insulin resistant, there's hope. There's total hope if you're willing to put in the work. But okay, back to testing. So the two different companies that I, I, I promote to my, my clients are Keto Mojo. And uh, for those that are unwilling to prick their finger, the Biosense breath meter. So um, Keto Mojo allows you to do your ketones and your blood sugar. And then they have now in their new, their new meter, the GKI index, the glucose ketone index. And that's a really neat assessment for for health and and having that ratio. But um, I think people should test every day if they if in the beginning you really need to learn which foods are kicking you out, which foods like how many carbohydrates you can actually tolerate, which is hard to assess, right? But if you're kind of staying under that 25 total carbs, I teach total. I don't, I don't do the net carbs at all. Yeah. I used to, but now I'm, I'm a total, total kind of guy now. Yeah. But that's, that's different, right? Some people can, can stay in ketosis at 50 total carbs or, or uh, 75 total carbs. And everyone has their own sort of carb tolerance, but it, it is amazing the tiny, tiny things that can kick a person out. I, th- I think people need to be aware of dressings and uh, marinades and seasonings, like really tiny things that uh, can trip people up. There's a lot of maltodextrin and dextrose in labels that are supposed to be keto-friendly. There are all these products in the markets now and Costco, entire aisles full of keto, supposedly keto friendly items that are packaged that have these questionable ingredients. So true. Yeah. People out of ketosis. So they're totally not doing themselves a service. So true. I've seen keto breads that have uh, wheat gluten in it. And I'm thinking, wait, what? That's that's not keto. That's not healthy. I mean, it, no, it, I just shot a video in the supermarket. Actually, if, why do you say that? Oh, did you? About that? <laughs> I swear. <laughs> yes. Funny. You'll probably see that on my Instagram later. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's so important to read the ingredients, not fall for, for the label. So when you're looking at... Uh, let's say somebody has the keto mojo. I love I love the keto mojo. What are your optimal ranges for the person to stay in? So, I mean, so 0.5 and above is technically nutritional ketosis, but sort of therapeutic range would be 0.8 and above, uh, kind of trying to live between that like 1.0 to 2 is great. Uh, if they're going to fast or they're doing a lot of sport, it's going to it's going to increase ketones. Yeah. Uh, I, I The more fat adapted you get, the lower those numbers go because now your body's really using those ketones. So I, I've been living this lifestyle for a long time now, uh, four, going on five, four years, four years. And wow. which is not long relative to some, some of the folks out there, but, but I don't pull high, high numbers anymore. Like I really do. 
don't unless I'm really not eating. It makes sense because your brain, are, it's using the ketones now. So the goal is not to chase ketones, it's to chase results. So it's exactly what you just you just said. And then what about glucose values? Fasted and then let's talk about like postprandial. So ideal are 70s and 80s. Uh, when I see numbers in the 90s on the regular, there's still some mild insulin resistance going on. And then coffee. Coffee such a an interesting conversation. I know you've talked about it a lot on your podcast, but caffeine can spike blood glucose for some, especially if they don't have good clearance and metabolism of caffeine. So if you have insulin resistance going on, be be mindful of hydrating before you put the caffeine in because it can uh, you're start activating your adrenals and and that happened to me in the beginning. It was interesting and I have good clearance of caffeine, but it was spiking my glucose and and I it would kick me out of ketosis and it was very frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> because I feel really good having coffee. Me too. Yeah. So, but you know, it just took it just took time to to heal that. It's important. So t- check your glucose before, maybe 30 minutes after uh, having coffee, three days in a row, get an average and see if you're getting a spike. I like the tip about hydrating yourself before the coffee to see if that helps. Maybe adding a little bit of some healthy fat could also help. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden, your fat-burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden, your cells produce energy, so you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day my dog takes it every single day so does my girlfriend and my mom this is how much i love the product if you want to get your bottle delivered to your door head over to purelifescience.com check them out order a bottle or two and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days that is purelifescience.com use the coupon code ben Four to apply a $4 off coupon. That is Ben, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. Now, you've mentioned nutrigenomics uh, a few times, so let's go a little bit deeper into that. I know this is an area that you are passionate about and very uh, well-versed in. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> right. I wouldn't call myself an expert yet, okay. but um, we'll, we'll, we'll say that in 30 years because this is a very new field it is. and there are a lot of people way smarter than I am in this field, but I love it. I think it's a fascinating component to add in because I just think that um, we pay a lot of lip service to bio-individuality, but then we don't really practice it. 
Yeah, well said. So let's talk about it. Explain a little bit more what nutrigenomics is and how you test for it and what are some genes related to keto that we want to keep an eye out for. So the Human Genome Project was a project that spanned many years where the human DNA was uh, mapped out to correlate to different nutrients, to different hormones, basically the gene that's correlated to each part of your body. And uh, if you think about things like the vitamins, like vitamin A was, I don't know, discovered in the early 1900s, and the vitamins are named like vitamin A and then B1 and then B2 and B3 because it's it alphabetically how they were discovered. It was the order. And, and that wasn't that long ago. So uh, when you really think about that, it's like, can we, we're learning so much about our body and it's pretty new. So this whole genetic map was outlined. And if you think about, say, insulin, for example, as one hormone or melatonin as another hormone or vitamin D and how it correlates. Vitamin D is a really interesting one because it it's connected to a lot of genes. But caffeine, there's like one gene that we look at for caffeine metabolism. And it's really neat to be able to look at either the high impact genes or the genes that are low impact, but you want to look at them in a in a cluster, like kind of a family, if you will, and kind of cross connect different areas, whether it's like a neurotransmitter with a nutrient one and and how that kind of works together. It doesn't it's hard. It's like it's neat, but it's ever evolving and there are new studies coming out and Unfortunately, a lot of the studies are also like animal studies, um, but it's a neat thing to look at potentially clinically correlating something that's going on with a human and what actually like their blueprint is is saying could be ideal for them. It is interesting. And, you know, one of those genes is the APOE4 gene, which uh, I'm not sure what percentage of the population has, but maybe you do. Uh, what? Let's talk about that gene and how that relates to keto. If somebody has that gene, how should they follow keto? So APOE4, so they're this thing called alleles. And the 4, the 4, four is a very, it's an old gene and it conferred a lot of health benefits way back when we were hunter-gatherers. One of those benefits was fertility in cold weather. But now there's a new genetic adaptation. There's the three variant and the the two variant, and it correlates to uh, neuronal health in the brain and also to cholesterol production. And unfortunately, today's diet doesn't correlate to that old gene. And so the whole like agrarian, the refined grains and everything, it causes a lot of inflammation. And also alcohol is a huge problem. So if you have that APOE4, uh, you really shouldn't drink at all because you're 23%, I think it's that's the right statistic, more likely to develop Alzheimer's if you drink even once a month. Wow. Yeah. 
it's it's a it's a high impact gene for sure. So if they're somebody's doing keto with that gene, do they eat more monounsaturated fats versus saturated fats? Is that like a good protocol for them? It is. So leaner proteins are definitely indicated. So it is it's paleo. It's it's paleo, but less saturated, less bacon, less sausage definitely leaner proteins and vegetables, um, berries, things like that. And what is your go-to way of testing those genes, including that one gene, the APOE4 gene, but other ones that you're speaking about? How do you test for that? So there are a lot of, there are a lot of good tests. Some you have to do through practitioners, some are direct to consumer. I do use a report that is a direct to consumer. So anyone can order it up and they'll end up with a 50 page report. It's called the nutrition genome. But a lot of times people need help interpreting it because even though there's a report, they go, they still don't know what to do even with the report. So that's the one I use. But um, if you've also done a 23andMe, you can run that raw data through some other, you can go to Genetic Genie and, and get look at some SNPs there on detoxification and some other things, uh, methylation. Genetic Genie, what a cool name. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's by donation. So you can cool. upload your raw data from 23andMe to Genetic Genie and, and print out a couple of PDFs on some really interesting genes like COMPT. C-O-M-T. Uh, that one is um, the, it, it, it's also a high impact gene that is your dopamine metabolism. So there's the wild type, which is the warrior and the, and then the homozygous, which is what's called the warrior. So the people that tend to metabolize dopamine quickly kind of need a little more adrenaline, a little more. So those are the ones that are on roller coasters and jumping off airplanes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's not me. That's not me for sure. That's not you. Okay. So then, and then the, the warrior is a little, can, can tend to be a little more angsty, but they both confer benefits in real life. And then there's the one in the middle, which is kind of the warrior, warrior mix type. And, and so you want to look at like with caffeine, you want to look at your caffeine clearance plus your compt because sometimes for people who don't have good clearance and they have a variant on compt they can really feel the heart palpitations and feel very anxious from the caffeine Mm, interesting so what role does epigenetics play with those genes is there an argument to be made that epigenetics, which is pretty much under our control, could actually overcome some of these SNPs? Oh, yeah. So so that's what really nutrigenomic epigenetics, it's tied. It's uh, epigenetics means above genetics. So how you live your lifestyle is what impacts. So really genetics is just, it's just a blueprint. It's just possibility. There's really nothing there until until it, you decide how you're going to live, right? And that's where we have the control. How much sleep are you? How are you going to manage your stress? What am I going to put in my body? How am I going to move my body? And then when you look at the lens of, okay, this is kind of the potential, it can give you a roadmap. Oh, you know, you would actually benefit from more meditation or you would benefit from less caffeine here, less saturated fat here. Oh no, you do great. You do great on saturated fat. Don't worry about it. You know, it's, it kind of gives you that map, but epigenetics is totally where it's at. It's like, that is the lifestyle that you're leading. 
your optimal lifestyle to give you extra lifespan, like lead a longer life and health span, right? More health throughout that lifespan. Makes sense. So these tests, nutrigenomic testing, it's kind of giving you like a GPS guide to what you should do to turn on the dimmer switch or uh, make that dimmer switch brighter for the genes you want to get brighter and then turn down the dimmer switch for the genes you want to turn down. I love that. I love that. It is total GPS. You're absolutely right. And for keto, so there is a, there is a gene that correlates to ketones. It's called PPAR alpha. So PPAR is your ketone production. So people who have variants on PPAR have a very difficult time making ketones and they don't feel good trying to get it. It's, it's sort of like they're like, think of a stick shift car that just won't get into gear. So for them actually trying to, to do all this extra fat is really hard. And then you also want to look at um, the L-carnitine. There's a whole bunch of what's called solute carriers. And you want to look at, it's, it's a bunch of them it's, that correlate to the L-carnitine, which is what shuttles the fatty acids into the mitochondria to help you produce, you know, to use the ketones. So one, there's one is ketone production itself. And two is like carrying the fatty acids into the cell. You want to look at all that together. That's interesting. So my thought process when you explained that was every single one of our ancestors did keto because their environment forced them into ketosis. But let's say somebody had that gene, the PPAR, uh, what was it? PPAR, why alpha. Back in the day, they weren't necessarily eating a whole bunch of fat, so it shouldn't have been a problem. They got into ketosis because they were not eating any food. So fast forward to now, when people are actually increasing their fat and they might have that gene, taking something like L-carnitine, if you might have that gene or you're having trouble producing ketones, that could actually get you in ketosis is what you're saying. It could be very, very helpful. Yes. Interesting. Yes. I like that tip. I'm going to use it. Okay, cool. Uh, That's really fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. I think my audience is going to benefit from that as well. I've also heard you talk a lot about adiponectin recently. Yeah. You want to talk about that? So there is a gene that correlates to adiponectin and it's like a lot of them almost spell out that word. So it's A-D-I-P-O, adipo, Q. So that's that gene. And, but that also um, has been shown to be correlated to elevated blood sugar with processed meats. So that's where you wouldn't want to do bacon and sausage. Interesting. And that'll be part of the genome testing that you do. It'll give you that. Interesting. Okay. So we spoke about glucose and ketones. We spoke about nutrigenomic testing. What about lab markers, just blood values? What are some must-haves? How often should we test? And what are those markers that you would recommend? Okay. Ask for your A1C. Definitely, that's your uh, blood sugar over three months. That's going to be measuring whether you're headed for diabetes. C-reactive protein, that's a cardiac risk marker. Uh, You want it to be under a one, right, ideally. Then homocysteine, so that's part of something called the methylation cycle where you use uh, your B12 and your folate. A lot of people have variants on um, MTHFR uh, where they actually really do need vegetables 
So a lot of people do have issues with that one. So you don't want to get stopped up in your homocysteine. That's an inflammatory marker. So if you have homo, if you have MTHFR and you're doing months and months of carnivore, that might be a bad idea. Yeah, you, and you would and you would know because you're testing your blood sugar and you would see if you're having a spiked glucose response and not and naturally not losing weight or you know feeling that good. Those are some things to assess. Yes. Uh, there's also another gene on B12 and creation of bifidobacteria called FUT2. And that's another one where you wouldn't want to be carnivore for months on end. Interesting. Okay. So what else? Lab markers. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, good. Okay. Uh, lab markers. So, yeah. Oh, I also really think RBC magnesium is a really good one that uh, should be assessed because a lot of people tend to run low there, your B12, and and get a full thyroid panel, full thyroid panel. Amen. Not just TSH. Yeah, there's not one study that shows TSH alone shows anything about thyroid health. You need the full panel. So that's excellent. We'll put all that down below in the notes of the podcast. We'll have Rachel put that together. Everything you mentioned If you're anything like me, you probably spend some money each month on your supplements. But what if you're still tired and you just don't feel 100% well? Well, there could be a deficiency. What if there was a way to know if you were actually absorbing your supplementation or not absorbing and maybe you're taking too much of something? Well, what I'm bringing you today is a chance to accurately test all of that. In this case, I'm talking about upgraded formulas, upgraded hair test kit and consultation And once you uncover these hidden deficiencies, you could get rid of these symptoms you might be experiencing that might be affecting your thyroid, adrenals, or much more. Upgraded Formulas is a very cool company. I interviewed Barton Scott, who is the founder and chemical engineer who helps craft all their supplements, and they have this really cool upgraded mineral deficiency analysis. So say goodbye to blood and urine tests, which typically indicate short-term results, Hair is the best identifier, and you could get that hair from your head, armpit area, or even pubic area, and you'll receive a consultation with a member of Upgraded Formulas to help discuss your results. And it's very simple. Collect your hair sample, send it in, and get your results fast. We've worked out an exclusive deal, KetoCamp podcast listeners, to receive 10% off your order. Head to UpgradedFormulas.com, use the coupon code BEN10, at checkout to get your hair mineral kit and any other supplements that you could find on their website. That is upgradedformulas.com. Use the coupon code BEN10. Now let's talk about something that I know you're passionate about, which is a book you might want to write. You said you were thinking about writing a book, which is about mental health. Uh, And right now this topic is more important than ever before. Even before the shutdowns and COVID and all that, there was a uh, a problem with suicide, depression, et cetera. And then it just got escalated the last year and a half. So what role does keto fasting, or maybe not even fasting, but just changing your nutrition play with your mental capacity? Yeah. So I'm aspiring to write this book that puts all of these things together, that puts puts the nutrigenomic data, especially as a woman, 
I, I don't want to put all of us in a in a box, but sometimes we do feel like we experience radical moods, you know, our menstrual cycles. Um, this is something that I personally struggled with a lot, and I talked about it last time on your podcast before I made dietary changes. It just kind of like my own menstrual cycles ruled my life. And I just, I had these experiences where I'd be, I think it's okay. It's kind of crazy, like control <laughs> and, and just, and wild blues and just that roller coaster ride that I think sugar really does take us on. And, and, and back then, you know, I just had no connection to the idea that food mood connection. And there's so many interesting that the data points about things that do improve mood and in the biohacking world there you know we talk about cold therapy and there's a lot of lot of good tools that women in particular really could benefit from because when i sit down with a nutrigenomics test with one of my clients and we look at and they have all this anxiety or they have all you know they, they struggle with depression it's sometimes it's just in there, it's in there. And then they, they just needed to know they needed a little more of X, Y, or Z. Like you needed, you needed more magnesium because you don't make Sam E very well. You need, you know, you, you need more B12. It's making you a little loopy here. And just knowing that they're not crazy, like, and that, that's sort of that's sort of my goal is is to put this information out there that there are great great tools so they people don't have to go on antidepressants or anti-anxiety medicine. I love that. Yeah, it's it's much needed. I hope you do write the book. And when you when you do, we'll bring you back to talk about it. And I'll, <laughs> and I'll, I'll be one of the first readers. So I mean, when you're doing keto, how does keto impact your mental capacity? Ooh, you get off the sugar blues like right away. You know, it just takes 72 hours to get off sugar. It's like clearing the alcohol out of your body, the heroin out of your, those first 72 hours are so critical for getting off of sugar and everybody, you can do it. You can get through anything in 72 hours. And um, once you have that monkey off of your back, you have all this freedom and clarity and your brain fog lifts and your mood improves dramatically. And then from there, all of a sudden you have all this energy to work out, you start sleeping better, you make better decisions, you know, it just sets this like positive. So, I mean, just like you, I'm on, I'm on the low carb train for life, but it's about, right. It's like, how much are you flexing? How much are you flexing up and down? And when do you do it? And, and be smart about what you flex out with. Yeah, well said. I agree. When I teach flexing, keto flexing, it's with healthy carbohydrates. It's not having a whole bunch of processed junk, ideally. And you're so right. When you transition from a sugar burner, which most Americans are, and you go into the great land of ketosis, as I call it, you're now burning fat. You'll experience benefits for sure, right? Right in those first few days. But then when you stick with it a little bit longer, 
eight to 12 weeks. Now you're keto adapted. Now it's like your brain is supercharged. Your mitochondria are really utilizing those ketones, but you do have to stick with it long enough to really get those enhanced results. But it doesn't mean you won't get that right off the bat, but the longer you stick with it, you'll get that. And then after that point, you could start flexing according to you know your lifestyle, uh, which is the way that I teach it. So I love that. And to the point about magnesium, whether you have that that gene or not, what was the gene for the magnesium deficiency? Uh, gene, uh, the gene is called MAT, so it's MAT. Like magnesium. And then there's some genes that are correlated to S-adenosylmethionine, which is part of that methylation cycle. That if it if it's low for you, you you can feel really blue. So that's what happened to me. So even if you have that gene or not, would you would recommend supplementing with magnesium on a daily basis? I imagine, right? Absolutely. It's definitely not going to harm you, especially since in today's modern world, we have so much stress that you can take 800 milligrams easy and you're going to likely notice a difference and improvement in your sleep and your mood. Yeah, you're right. I take about 600 daily. Uh, if you take too much, you just get diarrhea. <laughs> That's the only thing you got to pay attention to. And, scale it down. <laughs> and there's so many different types. Like I take a tri-magnesium that has uh, different types just to fill all the buckets. And you can take magnesium sulfate baths. You know, baths are great as a exterior way to calm your body as well. Yeah, big fan of magnesium. I take it every single night. I rotate my sources. I'll take like a a blend, whether it's like from Bioptimizers or maybe like upgraded formulas has a, a nano magnesium or or magnesium glycinate. So I like to kind of rotate them. Um, so magnesium is important whether you're, whether you're doing keto or not. So you have an event coming up very soon, September twenty fifth of this year, twenty twenty one, called the Keto Symposium. You originally had this scheduled, uh, I believe, during the, all the craziness during uh, COVID. And that's how we connected. I actually reached out to you. I cold emailed you and I'm like, hey, I want to speak, which was a great connection to make. I'm so grateful we made that connection. So now you decided to do this and transition virtually. So talk about it. Why did you want to even do this symposium to begin with? And then uh, let's share a little bit more about this upcoming one that's virtual. I just am a big fan of education. I'm just one of those people that, like the listeners of your podcast, loves to learn. And it kind of insatiable with with learning. And I'm going to be a lifelong learner. So it's a high value for me, education and growth and having that growth mindset. And I thought it would be cool to put on a conference. And I had no idea it was going to be a lot of work no idea. I uh, just thought it would be a great thing to do for my own clients. And, you know, uh, low carb is so popular now and, and people are starting to understand all the health benefits. And so being that I'm in like the greater New York city area and know there are a lot of people and that they're doing this. And I thought, well, this kind of makes sense to me, not just for my own clients to enjoy and benefit and learn and also stay in the game and not just hear from me, but to hear from other experts and educators, you know, different tools and strategies and the latest cutting edge information. And so that's what kind of, that's where it all stemmed from. And, and then, you know, shutdown happened and we had to, we had to cancel that year and we just rescheduled it. But the reschedule 
has had some challenges. So we just decided to make it virtual this year and we're going to do in person in 2022 for sure. I don't care if it's a small group. It's just, it's totally happening and we have a virtual option, but I'm so committed. I'm so committed to making that happen. I love it. I love it. And and this year it's virtual, but you're doing it differently than other virtual conferences because um, instead of having the speakers pre-record and kind of upload the presentation, they're actually going to present right there on the day of the event. And instead of doing like a webinar where you could only see the speaker, you're going to do more of a a meeting setting for Zoom where you could actually see everybody's faces. So it is an actual virtual event. So why did you decide to do that to the uh, option for the event? Well, because it's really, it's, it's more fun that it be interactive. And also I think it's, it's also more exciting for the speakers too. It's not, it's, it's more engaging that you get to see your audience and who's there and wave to them and say hi and answer questions in the, in the chat box. And yeah, I just, I prefer if you can't be live and in person, this is the next best thing. Agreed. I just found out that you're doing it that way before we hit record. And I thought that was super cool. I love that you're doing it. Some, (laughs) some of the speakers, well, let me, let me actually list all the speakers that will be speaking. We have Maria Emmerich, who has been on my show. She's amazing. I'm grateful to be a speaker. I'm going to be speaking on burning fat as our primal birthright, while why keto is not a diet. We have Dr. Will Cole, the incredible Dr. Will Cole, Mike Mutzel, high-intensity health himself, Dom Diagostino, who is a pioneer in the ketone space, my colleague, Dr. Mindy Peltz, brilliant. I'm sure she's going to talk about keto and fasting for your cycle and postmenopausal women. Dr. Tro, part of the Low Carb MD podcast, and he's got some great work out there. Chris Irvin, the ketologist himself. And then, and then you have the one and only Jimmy Moore, who's going to MC the event. So, and then of course we have Christina and, and one uh, more, and one more. We have a new speaker, Ryan Lowry. Oh, I didn't know that. And Dr. Ryan Lowry. Okay, I love it. Ketogenic.com himself. Oh, that's awesome. So that's going to be just a whole day of keto, which is going to be. September 25th from 8.30 a.m. all the way until 5 p.m. Eastern time. And you could get your ticket right now. So Christina did something really cool. You made this 100% free for that day of the event, which is ketosymposium.com. And of course, you could upgrade your membership and get other perks. I would do that. And then there's going to be options for the recordings. But share a little bit more about um, where to go. I already mentioned it, but what are the different price points and what do each price point offer? So the website where you can register is ketosymposium.com. We do have an Instagram page too, just at ketosymposium. Uh, The agenda is posted there. The sponsors that are participating in the virtual trade show. So what what all the participants are going to be able to do is download a bingo card during these virtual trade show breaks between uh, speaker sessions is capture whatever their special word is and fill their bingo board and be eligible for prizes. And then the people who have a paid ticket, you have the option to just purchase the digital recordings of the talks if you can't be there for the whole day. And uh, because the free ticket is you have to show up that day and interact with the speakers and show them some love. And the nine, so that's $47 for the digital recordings. And then $97 elite VIP ticket guarantees you a spot for the in-person. So it's really because the, 
the, the this year is free. So you're really buying your spot for next year. But you're also, as a thank you for being a VIP and buying a ticket, you get a special uh, cooking demo with Maria Emmerich, a Q&A with her in the lunch hour. So it's lunch with Maria. And then also we're sending out swag bags and things uh, like from the sponsors. And you get your in-person ticket. Plus, we're also giving money to Dom D'Agostino's research. Awesome. So win, win, win. I'm somebody who would actually go, of course, for the VIP elite. It's not a, it's $97. $97. I mean, that's, that's so cheap. That's <laughs> super cheap, honestly. And it's going to be so much information that you're going to want to watch the replays anyways. So I would definitely do that. The day, the day after the, uh, this year's event is over, the, the ticket price is going to double. So mm, there you go. So be an action taker the early bird gets the worm. So be an action taker. Sure. Uh, and of course, so you could just get the free option and they're making it available for free. Ketosymposium.com. We dropped a link down below. So go, go check that out. What is the one thing you want to accomplish from this Keto Symposium 2021? What's the one thing you want to get out of it? I just hope we get as many people registered because obviously not making money on this event. This is really about getting the message out. This is about spreading the health word. And I do want people to know that like this, this has been a pure labor of love for me. This is not my bread and butter. This has been an expensive, it's, it's been a very expensive thing to do. So I really, I just like it's impact, right? It's, it's how are we going to reach more people? And I just hope that everyone who already loves keto and is already doing it, but wants to tweak and wants to improve and wants to just bring on like a family member or a friend or someone that could benefit from just hearing one golden nugget. That's going to go, Oh, I am having this aha moment right now. That's my dream. Like is that has, that's how we sort of affect change in the world is that one person at a time. And maybe that sounds cheesy, but that is like at this point, that is <laughs> that is the goal. That is the goal. I love that goal. I agree. That's that's what it takes to it's that one ripple effect in the entire ocean. It changes the ocean forever. That one ripple effect. So that one person could make a big difference in sharing and then sharing and then it turns into this cascade of transformations. So we'll put that down below. Where can the audience go check you out? Let's say they want to do some gene testing with you. Where can they go to do that with you? So I'm on Instagram at Thrive19 at Christina Hess, Keto Nutritionist. You can visit me at thriveresultscoaching.com or theketonutritionist.com. We'll put all that down below. Christina, I love what you're doing. I'm grateful to be a part of the Keto Symposium 2021 and 2022. I'll be there in person. Yes, you uh, thank will. you. We're gonna have a party. We're gonna. I'm already thinking. I'm already thinking ahead. We're to like. This is not gonna just be a conference. We're also gonna have party time with Ben. Like he's gonna sign autographs. We're gonna come <laughs> hang out Friday night before. Um, ah, it's gonna be but fun. I want to commend you on something before we leave because I listen to your podcast regularly. You know how you read reviews every single time. I want to commend you on reading a negative review. I was kind of bummed at the re the review because it was like this guy who said you were too salesy and everything. And I think people don't understand how much work and effort it is to put on a podcast 
and also that you really are only promoting really quality products and that, you know, so I loved how you addressed that with such grace. And, and anyway, I just, I think you're, I think you're an amazing human being. Thank you so much, Christina. The feeling is mutual. I really appreciate you. I'm glad we connected. And I look forward to future collaborations and first and foremost, this keto symposium coming up in just a few weeks. So thank you for what you're doing. The world needs your work. Can't wait to read your book when it comes out. Let's get that done. (laughs) Thanks for coming back on the show. I, I look forward to another one with you. Be well. You too. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Christina Hess. I encourage you, sign up for your free virtual ticket to the Keto Symposium, September 25th. The unique thing, as you heard on the episode, is that every lecture is actually live. You're on the Zoom. You could turn on your camera. We could see you. The lineup of speakers are incredible, and it's free unless you want to upgrade your ticket. So head to ketosymposium.com. Grab your ticket. Can't wait to see you on September 25th. Fifth, it's going to be an epic, epic, epic day of keto fun. Make sure you check out Christina Hess. We're going to drop her social media, her links, her website. Everything can be found in the podcast notes. And share this episode with a friend, somebody you know who could get value from this. Take a screenshot on your phone. Tag me on Instagram, at the Benazadi. And please leave the show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. I'll see you on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.